For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands Of a God who never sleeps Fear not, little lamb For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands of a God who Welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. I'm Abby. And I'm Sam. And today we are going to be going over a brief overview of the dominant perspectives of obedience within Christendom. Uh, but first, Abby and Sam, I want to hear how your weeks are going. How are you guys? We're hanging in there. Uh, my family's been a little under the weather this week, so we are uh, just kind of taking it easy as much as we can and trying to get on the mend, but other than that, we've been good. Um, my daughter is about to turn 11 months old, so we're also yeah. starting to kind of think about her birthday, which is crazy, yeah. so. That is crazy. I can't believe it. Sam, what oh, about gosh, you? I remember when you announced that you were pregnant. I feel <laughs> like it was so recently almost, goodness. I know. It was fun because Katie and I were actually pregnant at the same time, so. Um, okay. She was just a couple months ahead of me, but it, w it was kind of fun. Uh, Sam, how are you doing? How's your week been? Um, pretty good. A little crazy. It's our last week, the postpartum doula. And so as settled as I have felt postpartum, it's now all like, it's all like hitting me that we're going to kind of be on our own next week with four kids. <laughs> so oh we, boy. We, um, and I've also been... Um, we've kind of taken a break from, I mean, we unschool, so it might always seem like a break to everybody, but <laughs> we, we got some new board games, um, and I'm going through a lot of our Usborne books, and we're just kind of seeing what we're going to explore next week with the kids and kind of maybe throw them into some academics so that they're distracted. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were unschooling. That's nice. Yep, unschooling and game schooling. That's kind of our uh, our bent right now. Also looked into five in a row and Charlotte Mason in general and just kind of exploring since everyone's still so young. That's cool. Um, what is game schooling, actually? I've seen you post that hashtag, and I don't know what that is. Um, it's awesome, but it's... Um, it's basically using tabletop games and other games. I mean, you could use Minecraft as well. But, yeah, it's learning all of the subjects through these games. So, I mean, you can, I've just been amazed at how many tabletop game options there are. It's not just like, sorry, like when we were kids. Um, right. There's even one where you put together a quilt and there's, oh, cool. yeah, we just got an Egyptian themed one. There's just, it's like any topic you can bring into tabletop games and it's really awesome. That's cool. <laughs> it's cool to know. I didn't know that. Uh, so I'm going to jump in here, go ahead and jump in with uh, the typical Christian view of obedience. So the typical Christian view is usually, um, they usually have an expectation of immediate obedience. And I've heard phrases, oh man, running the gamut from 
jump and ask how high on the way up to uh, obey immediately with a happy heart and happy face. Something I've heard lots of parents say is uh, just quite simply obey immediately. And that's like a hop to it kind of a thing. And that's really, uh, if there is a dominant view, it's, it's definitely that one. Um, because I said so. Yeah, exactly. That was a really, sorry, mom. <laughs> that was a really popular <laughs> one in our family growing up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, because I said so, and I don't have to explain things. Um, uh, so another aspect of the typical Christian view is that obedience is usually coerced through fear. And it's pretty much always, there's pretty much always an implicit threat, if not ex- explicit threat of spanking and punishment for disobedience. You can hear it in this quote from Shepherding a Child's Heart that is just really the gold standard in Christianity, at least in America right now for uh, Christian parenting. And it goes, uh, the disobedient child has moved outside the place of covenant blessing. The parent must quickly restore the child to proper relationship with God and the parent. And by that, he means spanking them to into obedience. As the child returns into the circle of blessing, things go well for him. He enjoys long life. And that's from page pages 135 and 136. I think the interesting thing with this is that he's kind of setting up his own parameters around um, what God says the covenant place of covenant blessing is Um, that if a child has disobeyed their parents that um, somehow they're not in right relationship with God anymore. I mean, that's a pretty big um, deal. (laughs) Right. uh, I don't know. That's, that's pretty concerning to me um, that as a parent, you can determine the parameters of your child's relationship with God based on whether or not they obey your rules immediately without question kind of thing. Um, yeah. And like you said, Katie, I think it's, I think it's concerning that this book is, is the gold standard in evangelicalism right now. Um, just because of things like this, it, puts a wedge between a child and God um, because they have to jump through the hoops that their parents set up for them rather than the scriptural um, map for um, how we're in right relationship with God. This is just a huge setup for a view that is founded on works-based salvation as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the thing about workspace salvation and legalism and this kind of view of obedience is that you've, you've really set up something extra biblical here because it's basically do, do what I say, obey immediately. Most of the time it's basically just up to the parent's discretion. And while parents do have more wisdom through, you know, age and experience than children, we're still, sinful and we still have a lot to learn and there are still things that we do that aren't that aren't right and the expectations uh, are or can be um you know too much way too much and i mean not every expectation of a, of a parent is reasonable and so just this blanket expectation of obedience otherwise you're outside of the circle of 
you know, the covenant of God or however he puts it, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty serious. Yeah. So the whole, the whole thing about all of this is that when you set up a discipline system around punishment, like primarily around punishment, uh, it's really in direct conflict with any goal you have to reach the hearts of your kids. Because you're literally training your child to obey out of the fear of punishment or in pursuit of an external reward. Um, and like we've already uh, outlined in previous episodes that we're not talking about internal, intrinsic rewards, things that come naturally from an action or um, consequences that come naturally from an action, but external things. And so you're, it's in direct opposition to what your goal is, which is a natural heart motivation um, of obedience for obedience. I think the ironic thing is that the name of the book is shepherding a child's heart. And in this entire section that we just read, he's talking about basically using behavioral modification to get a specific action out of a child. And that does not address the heart at all. Um, That doesn't address the child's heart even a little bit. The emphasis on obedience is that it's obedience to the Lord. Um, And so if we're trying to coerce them into obedience, it might look great and we might feel good about that and feel like we're leading them to God, but that's not, that's not from the heart. Right. Right. I think that's, that is super important to remember because a lot in a lot of these books on training your children, they do directly say things like, if you're disobeying your parents, you're disobeying God. And so it's coming from this place of spirituality and taken from scripture about how, you know, living in obedience is, you know, it's first and foremost to God, but they're kind of getting things out of order. Obedience to Christ is what causes the obedience to your parent. Like right. true, true. Not the other way around. Obedience. Exactly. Yeah. You can't force that. So the other popular perspective on obedience is completely permissive. And we went over this in the previous episode on boundaries and uh, on the differences between permissive and gentle. But just to go over it quickly again, um, permissive parenting often talks or they the permissive parent often tries to talk their child into obedience trying to reason uh, or argue their child into an adult understanding um, or trying to uh, do the same the reason or argue with a child um, into willingly and happily complying and so what you will see here is not a lot of of spanking like do what I say or you get a spanking or you know obey or you get some kind of a punishment, but it's a, oh, you're not going to obey me. Let me try and convince you of why you should be happy about this. You know, why? Let me try and talk you into the heart of obedience. Yeah, right. And that um, kind of misses the point on the other end of the spectrum. It's still this kind of behavioral modification. It may not be threatened or coerced, though maybe through reward, it's not, you know, coerced through physical punishment, but um, it still is not addressing the heart in a way that, uh, like Sam was saying, obedience is first to the Lord, and and that's like an intrinsic motivation type of thing. We want to please the Lord, and both of these views 
kind of skew that. Both of these views on one end um, coerce through fear and get the, the desired behavior that way and the other through pleading and maybe emotional manipulation and get the desired behavior that way. But neither one really gets to the heart of a desire to obey Christ first and foremost, but also parents in a, in a reasonable manner. Um, one thing that I, I've seen a lot from, from some parents who lean more permissive is this, um, in an attempt to avoid punishing, but still trying to get a reaction out of their child of a recognition of guilt uh, when they've been disobedient or uh, when they've hurt the parent, uh, they can spend a lot of time doing this, trying to talk their child into this understanding of, of what they've done wrong, of their disobedience, trying to really push them through through lectures and through conversation and through um, timeouts can be another one, although that is also punitive. Um, but just sit and think of, you know, what you've done and trying to make a child feel the weight of what they've done. You know, it's, it can be really tempting as a parent to try and make the other person feel how much they've hurt us with their actions or, you know, and it just does not, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And I think people really genuinely believe, you know, that, by maybe lecturing or going on for a long time with their kids about why things are, why what they did was wrong or, um, you know, what the godly way to do it would have been or these things. They're really, it seems like they're really trying to maybe get to the heart, the whole like guilt and repentance and, you know, um, wanting to obey and, do the right things for the right reasons, but that just is such a destructive way to try and do that. Um, and in the end, it actually doesn't get to the heart because it's just so mean sometimes yeah. and exhausting. Well, and it really invalidates whatever the other person is feeling too. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, on, on that point specifically, I feel like in a moment where a, a parent, oftentimes this, this happens because a parent has taken something really personally, in a moment when a parent has, or when anyone, but in this context, um, a parent has taken something really personally and so they feel this need to, to make someone understand how they're feeling and how the, the disobedience or the wrong action has hurt them, they can totally gloss over why that disobedience happened in the first place. And that often doesn't come from asking directly, why did you do this? Yeah, right. Well, they oftentimes don't know. I always, I grew up with a lot of, uh, I'm mostly watching my brothers being asked, why did you do that? And they would get in really big trouble for saying, I don't know. But as an adult, I mean, someone could ask me why I'm doing something half the time and I would have to sit and think about it and I might not be able to articulate that. And so to expect a small child to be able to is it's a tall order. So um, uh, the last perspective on obedience here uh, would be our perspective and that's the gentle perspective. And uh, 
the way that we go about obedience is um, by cultivating a relationship of willing, willing cooperation. And um, that's just so important to remember that the big picture, uh, that it's not about the individual moment of obedience uh, or of, of doing the right thing, but that it's the goal here is to cultivate the whole relationship on um, moments of connection and empathy and understanding. Those are foundational in the building up of our children's trust, the trust that they are seen and they're heard and that their goal, that our goal is truly their good, that they can trust that. And so it may not help in a specific moment all of the time, but, you see such wonderful fruit from this on the whole as you, as you practice this method of parenting. Yeah, and I think that is why I feel like gentle parenting is truly the parenting method of the three that actually gets to the heart of your kid because you don't start with obedience as the goal. You don't start with their actions um, as the goal. You start with connection with them and relationship. And um, over time, with you know, kind of the long game in mind, um, as you build that connection, obedience kind of naturally flows out of that. Yeah, without this this base, this foundation you really have nothing tangible to base that trust on uh, um, other than uh, our kids taking us at our word. Um, when we say things like this is for your own good or this hurts me more than it hurts you um, or something like I love you and I have to train you to do better. And sometimes that means spanking you. You know, these things, they're, they're in direct conflict with our instinct. Here with our innate human instinct that hurting someone is is loving, like actually hurting, sometimes holding them back from something that hurts them, hurts them in a different way. But that's not what we're talking about. Actively uh, spanking, hitting someone's body, that's in, in such stark contrast with our instinct of what love is that you have to go against everything in you to trust that person has your good in mind. Now, I was just going to mention that um, in listening to what you just said, Katie, it kind of reminded me of when I was at a retreat recently, there was a woman who stood up to share her testimony and she was talking about how she was raised and she was raised to obey her parents and they kind of did the whole, well, God put me in authority over you. And at one point she said that they were telling her this and she just realized that as a young child she didn't know God and so she was supposed to put her trust in her parents who she was disconnected from because of how their relationship dynamic was because a God that she also didn't know and trust had told them to act that way and I think what you were mentioning Katie about well God told me to do this and people will say stuff like, well, it hurts me to do this, but I have to. And that's just really confusing. And I think that we have to be extremely cautious in all of this and how we, how we articulate our motives and our role in their lives to them, because we're, we're helping 
or harming their their view of God in this and we can't we can't spank them into knowing God. Yeah, definitely. I um I think that's a really really great example. You it's such a contrast, you know, when your words and your actions are saying two different things and it's confusing to a kid whose world is still very black and white and who's just now beginning or maybe not even if they're two or three, you know, they're still operating in a very, very black and white kind of world and trying to learn nuance and uh, introducing those kinds of things when you are their primary trust figure is, is really confusing yeah so what is our message to them when they are two and three and we're trying to tell them about god but one of the first things they learn is that god wants you to hit them right yeah so rather than setting up our relationships with this kind of dynamic and rather than um you know setting up the relationships with our children as one of dominance and submission and obey me or i hit you uh, we seek to partner with our kids as gentle parents, um, hoping to uh, help them feel like fellow family members. And uh, it's just not such a focus on hierarchy, although there is definitely a type of hierarchy within the family uh, you know, with the children obeying the parents and, and, um, and that kind of thing. The focus is not uh, on our status as parents. You know, that's not the primary focus here. Um, when parents give children respectful care and consideration, children are much more likely to cooperate with their parents. And that's the whole goal here is willing cooperation. Um, they learn to trust their parents and they also learn that they are an important part of the team. And that's the whole thing in any relationship, right? To help everyone feel like they are heard, that they're seen, that they are integral part of the, of the operation. I think that goes back to this trusting relationship that we cultivate with our kids and um, often see in gentle parenting circles, how naturally obedience is an overflow of that um, gentle and kind relationship. In the same way that our goal is that our submission to Christ's authority is out of a willing heart, out of faith, out of trust in him and, and relying on him that, that he's good and he has our best interest in mind, you know, that we submit to him out of reverence and, and love and not fear of punishment um, or anything like that. That's kind of the same dynamic that we hope to establish with our kids um, in gentle parenting. So another aspect of, of uh, gentle parenting here when it comes to obedience um, is genuinely helping our children with, uh, with moments of obedience or with their responsibilities, uh, um, especially during the toddler years when impulse control is limited or even non-existent your offer to help them must be genuine. And what I mean by this is in a moment where a child is not responding to something you've told them to do or ask them to do, where a lot of people make it an issue of obedience. They make it a, uh, if you're not going to do this, 
for the right reason or for internal reasons, you know, this is your responsibility, uh, then you have to do it because I said so. That's really not our focus in gentle parenting. If we are to help them follow through with, say, they've, th- they've thrown something on the ground or they're not picking up their trash and uh, you say, I see you're having a difficult time with this right now, um, you're angry, but it needs to be picked up, so I'm going to help you do that. And um, whether that means taking their hand gently but firmly and helping them throw it into the trash or even throwing it away yourself, you're not really helping them with obedience in that moment, with doing what you've told them to do. You're more helping them with their responsibility to pick it up. And then later on can come the, the obedience talk, you know, about why it's important to, to uh, listen to your parents because of the wisdom that they've been given from experience, um, you know, by God. Yeah. And I think that is kind of the crux of the matter with gentle parenting is that like real genuine obedience just can't be forced. It's a heart issue to begin with. Um, You know, children are commanded to obey their parents, uh, but that has to be of their own volition. We can't, we can't force them into it. We can't coerce them into it. Um, We can encourage them in the Lord in that way. And we can certainly discuss these things with them about, you know, what God has commanded in scripture um, in a very kind and, and forgiving and um, genuine way. But at the end of the day, we just cannot force no matter how hard we try true, genuine obedience Um, in the same way that, you know, maybe someone else could force or, coerce us to obey Christ. I mean, you would never, you would never think that you would never think that if someone was being coerced into obedience to Christ, that it was true, genuine obedience. Um, no, they got to the point where they were just trying to placate him, which I think we see a lot. And I mean, in the church and culture is everyone kind of has their checklist. I go to church, I do this, I pray, I, it just goes on and on. Um, and that's not really a, a devotion to God. That's a devotion to not getting into trouble. Right. right. And that's not, like I was saying, that's not true obedience. That's morality. And mm-hmm. um, somehow that gets um, somehow that gets muddled when it comes to obedience with our children. Um, you know, like the same concept doesn't transfer over, but it's just as true in that instance as it, as it is in like a, a moralistic type of scenario. If we are trying to force behavioral modification to help our children please God, that's not obedience. Yeah, uh, yeah that's just like moralistic behavior. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's really surprising to me sometimes how, how honestly I think that Satan has really crept in here and that lies and deception have really, really crept in here within Christianity because the whole point of Christianity is the gospel. The whole point is that uh, is the free grace of Jesus and that our obedience comes from faith and that it's, that it's a willing submission to God, not a forced submission that we have to, that we have to pray a certain amount during the day, or that we have to say these exact words or any of these things to be, 
uh, within the circle of blessing, <laughs> but that we are in the circle of blessing through faith and that everything that comes from that, all of our obedience comes from a willing heart and that that's the whole goal, you know, <laughs> and to, to say that. And then on the other hand, teach your kids something completely contrary to that is so confusing. And it's no wonder that we have such a, a huge problem in the church with moralism and with legalism and with this huge law gospel uh, confusion uh, because we're teaching it to our kids from the very beginning. You're absolutely right. I think a really great verse to end this on as an encouragement, as well as a reminder for us would be um, Colossians 3.20 and 21. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. Yeah, that's really great, Sam. Thank you for sharing that. Um, if you would like to be a part of this conversation, um, we would be glad to continue it in our Facebook group. That's the Tending Lambs Community Group. Uh, you can also find our page at facebook.com slash tendinglambs. We're also on Instagram at tendinglambs. And our website where you'll also find the show notes page for this episode and all of our other episodes is tendinglambs.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. even know what I'm saying anymore <laughs> like, using like gentle vernacular I'm like emotional connection passive aggressive toolbox uh, <laughs> captain the ship captain the ship captain the ship, captain the ship. <laughs>